TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is how we do And we roll along, Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio and all over the world on the Odyssey app. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine, 913-586-7610. The text line is open. Coming up here in just a little while, I'm going to get you a Levine's list. I'm also going to give you a list of the best flavors of Pop-Tarts, and today is the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Do adults eat Pop-Tarts, or is that just a kid's thing? When's the last time you had a Pop-Tart? You eat Pop-Tarts? Not too often, but... I still have had not them. too yeah. often. Like 1994 was the last no, time. No, no, it's been it's been a few months, I think. But I, I still I still eat pop tarts. I feel like there's some, and I'm not saying you can't do it. If you do it, more respect to you. But like Capri Sun, do do, do adults drink Capri Sun? Sunny D. When's the last time you had a Sunny D? Anyway, we move on. Uh, let's welcome on the color analyst for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is an adult. He is Danon Hughes. What's up, Danon? How you doing, man? What's going on, fellas? Yeah, no Capri Suns for me. Not, I don't know when the last time I had one of those, but they, they used to be really good. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> me, me, going on? Me, me too. I'm pretty sure it was 1998 the last time I had one of those. Hey, um, is the sky falling for the Kansas City Chiefs? Because according to my text line, it is. No, it's not. I think, uh, you know, we got to cool off, uh, you know, put our foot on the brake pedal of thinking that everything is falling apart. There is some concern. Uh, probably the first time that I've said that all season. And I think it's justified because of what's on the line, what has been on the line. Uh, we've been spoiled in a good way yeah. uh, here in the Chiefs kingdom for several years. And normally when this has happened, when we got into these crossroads to be able to secure a playoff, uh, secure another AFC West title, uh, put out keep ourselves in a position of being a one or a two seed at worst. Um, we've come through, and the fact that we haven't, and the way we haven't, has been, you know, indicative of how we've not been over these last eight weeks. Uh, there's definitely cause for concern, but I don't think the concern overflows to everybody jumping off the ship. This team is still a championship team until somebody tells us different. And we just have to be supportive behind these guys and know and feel deeply in ourselves that they're going to be able to get everything on the right page. You're really close, as close as anybody to this team. Dane and Hughes here on 610 Sports Radio. Do you think there's any sort of internal questioning themselves? Because from the outside, it's coming from everywhere. Do you think inside that locker room, it's all gravy? 
I would not be surprised if there's some concern inside the locker room. And the only reason I say that is when you have, when you go three and five in the last eight weeks, it's human nature. Now, will anybody say that publicly? Probably not. Do they really feel it deep down in their core? Probably not. But you can't help, I mean, just from any position, whether you're with a company and you've had, you know, three, three of the low, five of the last eight months, production hasn't gone well, sales hasn't gone well, or, and in football, your wins haven't gone well, you'd have some concern and you'd, you'd feel like there's some issues and you'd hope that in order to finish the year on the right, on the right uh, level, that you guys would correct the ship. And I think that's where the concern is, is like, we know what we are capable of. We know we've been down this road before with basically the same weapons. Let's go ahead and do this. And then another week goes by. All right, guys, how come we haven't done this yet? And then another week goes by. All right, enough is enough. Like, those are the natural feelings that I, I have to feel like those guys in the locker room are feeling, especially the leaders there. Um, and then when the light turns on, and we've seen that happen. We've seen that not only with this team, but with other teams and championship runs where the final two, three weeks of the season, they looked like, okay, now, yeah, it took a while, but the light is finally on, and now they look like they're, they're ready for, to run for another championship. That's where I feel like we are now, but it has to show itself this week against another team that still has playoff aspirations and you're playing at home, uh, the fact that we've lost so many games at home this season can't bode well with those guys in the locker room. So I feel like there's a lot more on the line from a pride and an intestinal fortitude way uh, this week coming up than probably any other game this season. Dayton Hughes joining us here on Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio. You mentioned the upcoming game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The panic meter is going to be off the chart if the Chiefs were to lose this game at the crib. Do you notice, do you sense any playing tight right now because they're really playing for their lives? I hope not. Like, I, I hope not. I, and I've always said, when you're, just because you're not doing anything wrong doesn't mean you're doing something right. I like that. I tell that to my kids, and that, and that works in sports as well. And you can go out and be tight and try to catch the football or try to make a block or try to, to make the, the perfect throw. And you wind up not necessarily accomplishing that goal. And things can turn sour pretty quickly if you feel like you're uptight and you're trying not to lose. I think that goes for coaching as well. Decisions that are made in every game, every season, in every sport, there's a conscious or subconscious decision that's made by the coaches on going for the win or, not, or going not to lose. Making a decision to try not to make a mistake or making a decision to roll the dice. And for me, I don't want us to be in that mindset of let's try not to make a mistake. Let's try not to lose this game because that's the times when you do wind up losing. It's kind of like when we talk about athletes not going 100% and everybody says, well, when you don't go 100%, that's when you get injured. Well, it's the same thing. When you're, not, when you're playing not to lose, you're not necessarily putting yourself in a position to win. And this team overall, especially since Patrick Mahomes has been here, I can't think of a time where they played a game not to win. Uh, maybe uh, the, the Bengals' AFC championship game, that might have been it. 
uh, where you kind of felt during the game where it was like they're trying not to lose this game because we were up by so much early, and then we allowed them to fight back. Then it became that back and forth. But other than that, not many games that I can think of where we can say, you know what, they're, they're trying not to lose this game instead of trying to win. And I hope that they don't have that mindset this weekend. Danon, as an old Chiefs wide receiver, not old, as a, sorry, dude. As, uh, as, see, uh, yeah, oh, I got you. Don't try to clean no, it we up good. now. We good. As a former, <laughs> I got you. As a former Chiefs wide receiver, when you're calling these games, how difficult is it for you not just to swear right into that microphone? When you're sitting there watching these drops lining up off sides, just some stupid things, what are you thinking? Yeah, that's the toughest aspect of my job. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, because I am a former wide receiver, uh, my eyes are going to gravitate to the wide receivers on just about every play, even though I'm breaking down every aspect of the game. Uh, it's been a blast to be in the booth with Mitch and Dan and Josh. Uh, but I would, I would be lying if I was to tell you, you know what, uh, I don't feel a certain way about the receiver play. I do. I'm a former wide receiver. I remember being on that field and being in games where, we weren't necessarily helping our team win as a unit. Uh, anyway, you and, get your ass back on the field because I think they need you. Uh, bro, I, I almost pulled a hamstring walking up the stairs. So, no, <laughs> that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I, I, but I, I will say, recognize <laughs> the frustration. I do recognize the frustration in the players. I know how hard it is to play that position because you can be open. You can create separation. You know, out of every 10 plays, you can do your job seven out of eight times. And it just may, you may not be in the progression. The, the, the pass rush may move Patrick away from you. So you're, you don't get credit for being open. You don't get credit for being in a position to make a play, but then those one or two times when you do have the opportunity and it doesn't go your way, or you get a deflected pass or you fade away from a route and you got, you know, Jack Jones jumping the route and taking it for a pick six, like, for Justin Watson, he probably ran a really good route and was open and a viable receiver 90% of the rest of the game. He might have. But it's that one time when you recognize, like, dang, this is your opportunity to stand up, make a play, and it just didn't happen, and it worked negatively against you. So I understand those frustrations. I've been in that meeting room and had to experience it. But that doesn't alleviate anything. Everybody's got a job to do. And I feel like the receivers uh, need to step up. Like, I, I can't say it any more clear than that. Is I don't believe – I do believe that they have the ability. I don't believe that they're not capable of it, uh, but they have to step up. And, and that's where I watch. And, and I watch it from pregame warm-ups. When those guys go out there in pregame warm-ups, when we're doing the pregame show, I'm watching every movement, the attention to detail, if those guys are focused, and intent on being great on the field in an hour or two when the kickoff comes on. Um, that's what I'm watching, and I want to see how those guys are able to elevate, especially without backs against the wall right now. Talking some football with my guy, Chiefs color analyst Danon Hughes here on 610 Sports Radio. So we know the wide receiver play hasn't been great. I can't believe I'm asking this, but how much, if at all, is Patrick Mahomes? Has he been part of the problem? Now, that might be a little bit harsh, but clearly – he doesn't look the same. Maybe it is the wide receivers. Maybe it is the offensive coordinator. Maybe it's something else. But how much, if at all, has Patrick Mahomes been any sort of the issue? I don't think you can absolve anyone on the offense from any critique. I don't, and that's Patrick included. 
Um, and it's not a knock again. I, I just think that when you're playing, when your defense only gives up eight points and you give the opponents uh, the rest of the, the mileage to be able to beat you in a game and you haven't had the consistency that is needed for championship-style play, there's no one that you can leave off the list. Uh, there are times, if you watch the film, there are times where Patrick vacates a little bit early. There are times where his eyes are not necessarily where they need to be when he's, trying, when he's supposed to be scanning and, and using the progression to get the ball to his receivers or running backs. There are times that happens. He'll be the first one to tell you. Uh, so I, I'm not going to absolve him from any of the critique, but I do know that they all, offensive line, tight ends, running backs, receivers, and the quarterbacks are not playing at the championship level that we're expecting and that they expect to play at. And uh, they got two games to fix it. Like, that's, that's really what it comes down to. They got two regular se- season games to fix it. You win one, we win the AFC West, we have an opportunity to play in the playoffs, and then anything can happen. Uh, we know the stars have, have always shined on the biggest stages, and that's what I expect. And, and you put everything aside after that happens. After you get those T-shirts and hats, hopefully this weekend, and you represent the AFC West as a title champion for the eighth straight time, you put away everything else, when that second week of January comes and you're playing in the wild card round. Dane and Hughes on 610 Sports Radio. Before you get out of here, my guy, so just to confirm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, you think that this team can flip the switch. They can put their foot on the gas when they need to when the playoffs come around. Absolutely. It's a new season in the playoffs, and I've said it before, regardless of how the season has unfolded. And, I, and this, is, this is the question I get in the preseason, after the draft, during training camp. What's the prediction? What's the prediction of this team? And even though I have to give a number in my mind and what I've explained on my show and others, if we're healthy on the, in the second week of January, who wants to play us? Who, who, who's, who's salivating at an opportunity to play a healthy Chiefs team, regardless of how we got there? I don't think very many teams would openly say, we want to play Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's the position we have an opportunity to put ourselves in if we win this game this week. They're lying to themselves if they say we want to play Patrick Mahomes. You're lying. He's always honest. That's right. He is Dayton Hughes. He's the color analyst of the Chiefs. Great stuff as always, my guy. Thanks so much. No problem, fellas. Hey, you guys have a happy and blessed New Year. You too, my guy. That's what I'm saying. Exactly what Dayton just said. That all these teams can pretend like, oh, I'd rather face this guy. You'd rather face anybody than Patrick Mahomes. Well, he's down. Well, he doesn't have wide receivers. Well, he's only won nine games. Well, his team's not the same. True, true, true. Well, what happens in a one-game scenario when he's flying into your stadium and that plane touches down? Then you see him walk in that football stadium. You're going, ah, oh, damn. I wish that would have been Trevor Lawrence. I wish that would have been C.J. Stroud. There's some great young quarterbacks in the AFC. I believe what Danon said, Drew, though, that all these other teams are going, I just as well assume I play that guy. I mean, I, you could say that for every. You could say that for anybody, though. Like, I like. No, I, you can't. None of those other guys have done anything. The thing that I, Lamar's I, never done anything. I mean, he's won some awards and he's broke some records. But what has he done in the playoffs? What has Josh Allen done in the playoffs? What has Trevor Lawrence done? What of all the Patrick Mahomes? I'm going to sound like a homer here, but I'm also no, being honest. He's the only of all these great young AFC quarterbacks. He's the only one that's really accomplished by going deep into the playoffs. I get it, but if you're a, if you are whoever. If you put up 20 
plus points, you're in the game. If you put up 24 points, you're winning the football game. That's what you're telling yourself. Before, we have to put up 30 in order to beat the Chiefs. You have If you get 20, you are in the game and you are probably ahead. That's all. You, I think there's more confidence going against the Chiefs than there has ever been. Oh, for sure. Since, since Pat's been the quarterback. Yeah, but I think, I mean, of course, people would rather play Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Stroud, but they're not in the same light here's two in, variables, at all though. Here's as two, Patrick Mahomes. Here's two variables, though, once the playoffs begin. Everybody's like, well, you are what you are, and once the playoffs come around, they're going to be the same team. That's, that's not necessarily true. Two things I think that the Chiefs kind of have up their sleeve. One, Mahomes hasn't ran the ball at all this year. And I'm not saying he's a running quarterback. Nobody's going to confuse him with Lamar Jackson or Mike Vick. But when the playoffs come around, remember in the past, there was a couple of games where he was the leading rusher for Chiefs playoff games because he understands that your back is against the wall. You lose this game, it's over with. So, yeah, I'm the 500-plus million-dollar man. But now, if I'm ever going to run, now's the time. So when the playoffs come around, I do think that you'll see Patrick Mahomes try to escape the pocket a little bit more. And then instead of going, all right, I'm going to throw it to this average wide receiver. I'm going to throw it to this guy who's probably going to drop it. I think he just tucks and runs. So I think that helps. And then two, the Chiefs offense has certainly been creative this year. It's always creative with Andy Reid. I think there's something else there. I think there's probably a few more plays because of the way that this season has gone. Once the playoffs come around, he understands he, he has to get more creative even than he has in the past. So maybe I'm trying to talk myself up. Maybe this text line is bringing me down. I don't know what it is, but I do think that once the playoffs come around, none of us really know what version of the Kansas City Chiefs we're going to get. If you tell me that the Chiefs look exactly like they have, and this is what it sounds like, Drew, you think they're going to look like, the same team that we've seen all year. You just said if a opponent puts up 24, they're going to lose. Based on what you've seen this season, yeah. The bigger sample size, though, tells me that this team, any given Sunday, can put up 40. This defense is really good. They've been there before. They got Patrick Mahomes, and now we're talking about a very short sample size here. We're talking about three games. Can the Chiefs get right? Can they go back to the team? that we thought they were the team they've been for the last five years for three games. I look at you and your, I mean, they can, your but, confidence but, tells me no. And so does the text line. All of a sudden I'm the one, I'm the one who's glass half full. That ain't good. I, I told you they, they would win a playoff game though. Like a I, playoff they, game. They, they will win one playoff game, a playoff game. You think that makes me feel good? I told you they'd win a playoff well, no, game because they've won Super Bowl. So that is the expectation. But th- this team is one that I don't know. The, the defense is a Super Bowl defense. The problem is the offense is not 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 the de- even, even with Patrick Mahomes. The defense also, that's to be fair, of all the runs the Chiefs have had the last few years, this is the best defense that Patrick yeah, Mahomes has but, had. Yes. And as correct. long as Isaiah Pacheco is healthy, I would say it's maybe not the best running game because the Chiefs actually have had uh, some decent running games, but the best feature running back. Like, you could, in theory, win a game because you have Pacheco, because you have that defense, which the Chiefs haven't had throughout their Super Bowl run. Again, maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into this. All right. 2023 is almost over, and I got to tell you about my worst moment of the year. So, this is embarrassing. Of the year? The worst moment? This is my my worst year. This This is my personal worst moment of the year. So, my car was overheating. This is over the summertime. My car was overheating, and I didn't know what the problem was, so I called my buddy's dad who knows stuff about cars, and he says, here's what you need to do. You needed to let the car cool off. Don't do it when the car's on. Let it be completely cool, Sean. He, like, beat this into my head. Take the radiator cap off, and then 
see if there's anything in there because he thought that maybe I had let the car run out of coolant, which sounds like me, right? Sure. So I let the car cool off. I was proud of myself just for locating the radiator cap, bro. So I found it. I opened it. It was bone dry. I added the stuff in it, and the car ran well for a week. No problem. Then I'm going to Freddy's to get me a burger. And I'm waiting in line, and my little gauge starts heating up, right? It's going, I mean, it's going fully erect, my guy, fully erect. This thing is not where you want it. You want it somewhere in the middle, your heat gauge, right? Yeah, yeah. This thing's hot as it gets, and I'm like, uh uh-oh, car's about to explode. So I pull over in the Freddy's parking lot, and my plan was to let the car cool down, and then I was going to take off the radiator cap, and then I was going to add the stuff, the, the, the coolant, like I did last time, and the car was going to run for at least another week, and then I was going to worry about it again. Well, I thought that I outsmarted the whole thing. <laughs> so I didn't let the car cool down. I turned the car off, and I grabbed the towel from my trunk, and I thought, all right, the reason that I'm not supposed to touch it while the car's on or why it's hot is because of the lid, because the lid's going to be hot. That's what I thought, right? It's going to burn my hand. You can see where this is going. So I lean over, I mean directly over that radiator cap, and I twist, and it starts to go, and I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, oh my god! And I can kind of feel the pressure, but I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't. Next thing I know, dude, poof, a geyser in my face of had to be 300-degree engine coolant. Oh, my gosh. I mean, all up in my grill. What was my savior was I was wearing sunglasses. Literally saved my vision. I had shots of this stuff going down my throat. It was all over my face. I had the beard going, but, dude, it burned my face, and I'm not the best-looking guy to start with. I can't afford that. Oh, my gosh. And then I go into Freddy's, and I'm, like, in a panic because I got this stuff dripping down my face. Everybody looked at me (laughs) like I was an absolute monster. Anyway, and I've had some bad, it's, it's been a rough year for your boy, but that, 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 that moment, I can understand why it tops the that cake. had to take the cake, but uh, yeah, rough year for me, rough year for the chiefs. Hopefully it's been a good year for you. Thank goodness that 2024 is now just a few days away coming up on the other side. I know you've been waiting for it. I've got a Levine's list for you. We keep talking about once the playoffs come around, How dangerous are the Chiefs? Who's the most dangerous? I got a couple of teams you're probably not thinking Mm. that aren't just dangerous, but if they get in, they could win the whole damn thing. Oh, and the Pop-Tart Bowl is tonight. It is. You can catch that right here on 610 Sports Radio. I will rank my flavors of Pop-Tarts coming up on the other side as well. Cinnamon is on the list. I'm the Sports Machine with you on 610 Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Chiefs Kingdom. This is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold. Every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Thank you, Mitch. It is the Chiefs Half Hour here on 610 Sports Radio. We'll talk Chiefs. In fact, we're going to have our own Festivus here coming up in a couple of minutes. We're going to have an airing of the grievances, and we're going to get mad at a lot of people, and we're going to blame a lot of people, and then we're going to move on to 2024. That's what you do. Uh, It is the Pop-Tarts Bowl also coming up this afternoon. That is K-State and NC State. Do you, uh, Drew, have a favorite flavor of Pop-Tart? Oh, the cinnamon is the, I mean, the cinnamon. Yeah, the, the, the brown sugar cinnamon is the best. I found that the daily meal came up with their own list. And I honestly, <laughs> I haven't heard of a lot of these. I, I kind of sound good. Uh, what do you know about the frosted banana bread pop tart? I have never heard of that, but that does sound good. Sounds good, right? Uh, they got a frosted strawberry milkshake that I wasn't familiar with. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I feel like I've had the snickerdoodle. You ever had the snickerdoodle? No. Oh, this one looks terrible. What? <laughs> this is real? So they did a collaboration with, I guess, Ego. There's an Ego Frosted uh, Maple Pop-Tart. An um, Ego Frosted. Uh, the, the maple might save it, though, you know? No, that sounds just awful. Uh, a maple drizzle on? I don't know. Uh, no. Frosted pumpkin pie. That sounds all right. Um, All right. Chief season hasn't gone like we thought it was. Can we agree with that? I think so. Every Everybody in this room agrees with that. We thought it was going to go a little bit better. Thought yes. they were going to win some more games. Thought... Mahomes is probably going to play a little bit better. Maybe thought that the wide receiver play was not going to be quite as bad. Uh, I could keep going, but let's just go ahead and uh, air the grievances. Festivus time. This begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. I do. I got problems with a lot of people here, so here we go. First one that gets it is Brett Veach. All right? Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you here. A lot of the best players on this football team, let me take it a step further. A lot of the reason why the Chiefs have been to a few Super Bowls and won a couple of them are not guys that Brett Veach drafted, right? If we really want to be honest, he was not the general manager when Patrick Mahomes got drafted. Now, a lot of people think that he's the reason that Patrick Mahomes got drafted, but he was not the general manager. Same thing with Tyree Kill. Same thing with Chris Jones. Same thing with Travis Kelsey. My point is this, that if you're brought into a situation that's already pretty good, and he came into a situation that was already pretty good, they had all those guys that I just mentioned, they were already winning the division, then Mm. essentially what your job is is to take them over the top, right? Make the right draft move, make the right move in free agency, make the right trade, and take this team over the top. Now, let's be fair. He did that right? He's got a couple of rings and you could argue that some of the moves that he made mainly through the draft, I think about not so much the free agent moves. I don't want to give him too much credit. Like, yeah, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with Sammy Watkins, kind of in spite of Sammy Watkins. The Chiefs won a couple of Super Bowls with Frank Clark. Did Frank, I know in the postseason he was really good, but that was definitely not a great signing. It's pretty easy to look back though and say, yeah, who cares though? 
because we won the Super Bowl. It's almost the anti. Remember how people used to feel about, was it John Dorsey, about the deals that he gave when it came to Eric Berry and Justin Houston and some of those other long-term deals. People used to constantly hold it against him. With Brett Veach, it's a little bit different. Because of Brett Veach, you already took over a really good situation and you've won Super Bowls. But guess what? Now is when your job gets really tough. This is what they actually hired you for. They didn't hire you. So when you came in a few years ago, you could tinker two or three different things and then get a ride in a car down the parade. And I'm not taking the credit away from it. Let's not pretend like this is a completely bare cupboard, and all of a sudden Brett Veach came in and made all these different moves, and the Chiefs became great, and then they won the Super. That's not how it happened. So you're saying his success is based on what he inherited? Largely on what he inherited. I think that the team was already really good before he got here, and that his job was to make a couple of moves to get them over the top, and hindsight tells me that they did get over the top. They won a couple of Super Bowls, but now is when it becomes really tough. After you pay your quarterback and all that stuff. Exactly, dude. It's one thing to go out there and say, all right, we need a good pass rusher, and we know we're going to overpay. It's kind of like, have you ever upset your girlfriend or your wife, and you're like, uh-oh, now i got to go buy her something. I, she's mad. I have to go buy her something. i got to buy her that handbag. i got to – tickets to that game, whatever it is. That's what the Chiefs did with Frank Clark. They knew they were overpaying. They just needed a pass rusher, and he was the best one out there. So they went, all right, cool. Here's $20 million bucks a year. That worked back then. Same thing with Sammy Watkins. They need another wide receiver. Here, here's 19 million bucks a year. Go out there and get three touchdowns. But once Patrick Mahomes got paid, we knew this was coming. Once Patrick Mahomes got paid, now you got to make decisions as a general manager. Now it's not as fun with all this extra money that if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And we'll just move on. Now you pretty much have to hit. And I think that's been the biggest problem is that especially at the positions that the Chiefs need, i.e. wide receiver. You could argue there's a couple of other positions also. They got nothing. That's the problem. It's not that this team still doesn't have a lot of talent. It's not that this team still doesn't have the best quarterback, one of the best tight ends, one of the best pass rushers. There's still a lot of top-end talent. The problem is the holes. And the holes have gotten huge right here in front of us. Yeah, I, I feel like the real, – real quick, I think that he – the, he's taking the approach of what the Green Bay Packers were doing, and that is we're drafting defense. We're going to make the defense really good, and they totally forgot about the offensive side of the ball, or they they nitpicked here and there. Sky Moore didn't hit, and yeah. and some other guys who haven't hit. Rasheed Rice is a hit, but the defense is so good now that I think it, it's evidently clear what has to happen now is he goes to the wide receiver, and the reason why I think that he got away with it is because they won the Super Bowl last year with no Tyree kill and they figured it out basically with the wide receiver room that they have now. And that's why I think I give Veach a little bit more of a pass as the defense. He's a, he's gotten to be really good now, go and fix the offense. And then you're going to be sitting in a great spot because you've got McDuffie. You've got Snead. If you extend him, Chris Jones, you might have leave, but that's where you can address it in the draft as well. Maybe in free agency. I think that, the defense's success has to be accredited to him at least a little bit. Of course, they might not win a Super Bowl with the defense that they currently have. So that might be part of the expectation problem that they don't hit. You're nuts, on. dude. You're nuts. There's, there's no way that Brett Veach thought that the defense is going to be this good. Maybe in his wildest dreams, he thought that he would have a top five defense. He thought that he would have defense. No, it would be the he, reason why they won the games. The goal was to address the defense because the defense was bad 
and they were still winning. So he his the 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 front office's mindset is if we get this defense to be elite, nobody's going to be able to stop us. Problem is, the wide receiver room has totally let them down, and they've forgotten about the offense a little bit. And it's not just oh Patrick can just take over and win you games. Evidently, based on this season, so you they got to the goal of having that great defense. But the offense isn't as good, and they can't win with just Patrick Mahomes. And so I they think, have to go and, and fix and, it. And, and, and I think, and he's not going to admit this to you, I think that the front office thought Patrick Mahomes is so good that he's gotten off to the best career beginning of any quarterback to ever throw a football, has a chance to be the best quarterback ever, that he'll just take over, that he'll just make up for other positions that we don't have. And I think the reason for that is, think about when he first got here. Patrick Mahomes, you want to talk about falling into a great situation. Team had already won the division. You've got Tyree kill top five wide receiver. You got Travis Kelsey at the time, already a top five tight end. You got Andy Reid, offensive genius. They just throw money around here. We'll give you a Sammy Watkins. They had already tried to improve the offensive line at that time. Chris Jones already on the defense. You get a Tyron Matthew add all these pieces. It was, he was put into a very advantageous position. And I think if you look at the Chiefs roster since then, really since he first got here, Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback, it's gotten a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And that's kind of how it goes. Once you pay him, you can't pay other guys. You have to hope that free agents want to come play with that team or you have to make the right move, right? The right draft move, the right free agent move. You can't go out there and draft Sky Moore and have him be completely irrelevant. A lot of those moves have to hit. But I honestly believe that if you have Brett Veach hooked up to a, what's a lie detector test called polygraph? And you said, so you thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be able to do this on his own, right? He'd be like, yeah. I think that's the problem. I think that they almost put too much blind faith into Patrick Mahomes because all he's proven every single game for five full years is that no matter what the scenario is, the weather, the opponent, the scoreboard, the size of the game, down 10 in the Super Bowl, none of it mattered because they always came out on top. They always yeah. figured out a way, no matter what it was, to win the games they weren't supposed to. I'm sure you saw the stat flashed up on the screen in the last game. Patrick Mahomes is over 500 in his career when he's down double digits. That's not how this game works. And I think part of the problem is, Drew, that maybe Brett Veach and the Chiefs brass did build around, right, kind of the periphery parts and said, I'm not too worried about the offense as long as we have Patrick Mahomes. And the truth is, you got to be worried about the offense. Are there any other grievances you have? I got a lot of problems with you people. I do. I'm glad you asked. 913-586-7610. Here we are, airing of the grievances on 610 Sports Radio. Let's move on to Patrick Mahomes. Now, mm. it's crazy because for the first, like, five years, we're not allowed to say anything bad about that guy. And quite frankly, he didn't do a whole lot bad to deserve it. On the field, numbers a little bit down. I mentioned earlier he's got less touchdown passes than both Baker Mayfield and Jordan Love. I don't think a lot of people expected that. And I don't blame Patrick Mahomes for that. What I do blame Patrick Mahomes for is this. You've had a really nice run here, man. A really nice run. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to think of too many bad times that you've had since you got to Kansas City, right? You made a lot of money. You got your contract. You got your girl. You had your kids. You're in every other commercial. Got your MVPs. You've been to a few Super Bowls. You won a couple of those. And the town adores you. Literally the most important person to ever walk around Kansas City. And he's only been here for five or six years. And think about how basically everything's changed since then. All right. So there, I said a lot of nice things. The body language 
for a guy that's had everything go his way, as soon as things don't, I don't want to say it's troubling. I mean, sometimes a radio segment doesn't go well, and I'll pull the monitor out, and I'll throw it across the room. Then five seconds later, I'm like, what am I doing? So I'm not going to pretend like I've never pulled a Travis Kelsey. I've never pulled a Patrick Mahomes. I've gotten upset in a post-game handshake that I wasn't didn't handle like I was supposed to in the case of Patrick Mahomes. But it is a little bit worrisome considering that most of us in our careers have ups and downs, right? It's not always going to be good. Most quarterbacks have ups and downs. Think about a guy like even Peyton Manning. He wasn't great his first year. His first year, he had 18 touchdowns and 24 interceptions. What did Patrick Mahomes have? 50 touchdowns? Different. We're talking about different starts here, right? We're talking about Patrick Mahomes essentially Almost all of us have had ups and downs in our career. Almost all athletes and quarterbacks have had ups and downs to start their career. I'm going to ask you a question. Is this the first time Mahomes has had a down? Everything else has been up. It's just how up has it been? That's the troubling thing for me, is I would like to see the same body language when things are good than the second things go bad. And it feels like the second things went bad for the Chiefs, the leader, the guy that you want to see pulling people together, and I'm not saying he pulled them apart by any means, but let's not pretend as Chiefs fans like it's not somewhat concerning to listen to and to see Patrick Mahomes. Be honest with yourself. Does that dude look like he's having a lot of fun out there? You watch these games, Drew. Yeah, no. does, does, does Travis Kelsey look like he's having a ton of fun out there right now? No, I, I said that to, to to Bink a little bit earlier. Is that whenever it, it looks like he's, and, and I think part of it is because his body is just worn out. He's getting beat up. He's still putting up production, but I just looked at his numbers. He, Kelsey, like ninety something catches already. Yeah, yeah, he, he's still putting up his numbers, but he looks exhausted. He looks tired, um, and I think just just sick of the the problems. And it's not necessarily any individual person. It's just that we are in week now 17 of the season and you're we're still talking about the exact same problems that we were in week two three and four that we thought would get figured out but they just haven't yet and i think it's it's boiled over uh to that point um there's something i I agree with you on on patrick mahomes actually and airing the grievances but my mine is that he's not showing that tough love that i think he should be and patrick gave this answer yesterday uh, if anybody missed it in the presser um, as to why he's not giving Kadarius Tony any of that tough love. Okay, maybe not. It just didn't play. All right. Uh, anyways, but he, he basically said that that's not me. You know, I, I'm not I'm not going to do that. When I see other people putting in the work, I, I'm not going to be one that does that. And it's like I, I understand that when you see people put in work, that you that you gravitate towards them, you're going to figure it out and all that. But if you're putting in the work and you're still as bad as you were in week one of the season, you have to get in their face as the quarterback, as the leader of the room, as that person to take over. And I know, I think it was Shannon Sharp said a couple weeks ago, Travis Kelsey needs to be that guy. Travis isn't that guy because after the game, he's consoling Kadarius Tony and says, KT's my man. You know, everybody in the media just needs to shut their mouth because they don't know what they're talking about when you see the work that we put in. And it's like, I understand the work that you put in, but if you can't tell me that you haven't tried to call them out or you're just buddy-buddy with everybody when for 16 straight games, it's the same problems over and over and over again. And it's not fixable at this point. You, ha- not- you have to get into them. I don't care if they uh, if they don't handle it well. You, you have to do it for the betterment of trying to just figure it out. And you can phrase it in a way that's, I guess, less attacking. 
but get in their face a little bit. You know, don't just pat them on the back and say it's going to be okay because obviously it's not, and it hasn't been. It's Festivus here on 610 Sports Radio, the airing of the grievances. So Brett Veach got his, Patrick Mahomes got his. The wide receivers, like you said, Rasheed Rice has been really good. I mean, way better than I think anybody could have hoped for, right? He's been healthy, 74 catches on 96 targets, over 800 yards, found the end zone seven times. Can you imagine what this offense would look like without him? If they didn't have Rasheed Rice, this would be the worst wide receiver core in the history of football. And I'm talking about, I got a nephew that's 13 years old that plays peewee football. They're wide receivers. I mean, look at this. Justin Watson, 26 catches. MVS, 20 catches. Sky Moore, 20 catches. And then you start getting into the running backs. Kadarius Tony, as I vomited in my mouth, 27 catches. I mean, if that's what we're talking about here for the weapons that the, for Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to, yuck. But you got to be better than you've been. It feels like a lot of the problems with the wide receivers this season have been self-imposed. I'm not just talking about Kadarius Tony lining up offsides, which certainly is a big part of it. But can the wide receivers be good enough when the playoffs come around through three games, or are they going to cost the Chiefs? Because I think the biggest problem for the Kansas City Chiefs, if we have to talk about one specific group, it's not the secondary, it's not the pass rush, it's not the offensive line, it's the wide receiver play. The wide receiver play, you could argue, has cost this team two, if not three games, just on their own, with drop balls, with stupidity, with lining up offsides. My question is this. In a short sample size, three games, when the playoffs come around here in a couple of weeks, can they not screw it up? And if the wide receivers don't screw it up over three games, this team's got a shot. Let's keep airing the grievances. I mean, they, they have a shot, but I think this is another part of the problem is that you cannot, the offensive line is having a problem over the last couple of weeks. So Creed, bad snaps. Joan Taylor is the most penalized offensive lineman in the league. Wanya Morris at times has looked like a rookie going up against guys like Max Crosby and some of these other good pass rushers. He'll be going up against Trey Hendrickson, who is second in the league in sacks this year. That's going to be the thing that I think really derails this whole whole deal is not only are the wide receivers having problems, but also you're dealing with the offensive line that is having trouble blocking long enough for Patrick Mahomes. I understand that he might be leaving the pocket early like Danon was saying, but also the line's not giving hey, the give same. The, give the offensive line, Drew. The, it's it's the, festivist. The line, is not, grievances. the line is not giving the same protection that they were earlier in the year. And if you're. Joan Taylor and you're losing a battle, then Trey Smith has to come up and help. If you have a D tackle that's dominant and Creed has one or two bad snaps the entire game, that play could wreck the entire game where you have a fumble like we did early in the game. Of course, Mahomes recovered it, but the pressure forces Mahomes to uh, either take the sack or make bad decisions. The wide receivers can't catch the ball in the first place. So you're dealing with the wide receiver problem of not even being, being able to get open. Now the line that was blocking well enough for Mahomes to navigate everything still is having problems. Eventually Patrick is going to make mistakes, which he has done. The, the whole thing is coming apart. And I think the offensive line is just the final part of that iceberg. If you will, that is falling over. You're giving it to everybody here. I, well, yeah, I think and, and nobody else in, in the room seems to be doing it. I mean, that Nagy, I'm sure. Oh, he's getting some, he's getting some, oh, he's about to get some, yeah, he's about to get some, he's about to get some, get play my audio. G- give me the, give it to me. I'm trying. I don't know why this All is right, not playing. No, don't. You're smooth over there like sandpaper. That's Drew Nixon. I'm the sports Thank machine. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, Matt Nagy definitely, definitely is culpable for some of the blame. Also, the hard thing when you start to blame an offensive coordinator is this, especially in Kansas City, right? We've seen so many now that have come through, whether it was Biennemi, whether it was Nagy, whether it was Peterson, whether it was Andy Reid was calling the plays. I mean, all these guys have been offense coordinators for the Chiefs since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback, and we've seen varying levels of success except for this year. So it's pretty easy to look at Matt Nagy and go, well, what's changed? What's been the big difference? And I wonder if that's going to be a feather in the cap for Eric Bieniemy. I wonder if Eric Bieniemy is going to be able to go forward and say, because he's going to, you think that he's going to get job offers. At least he's going to get interviews. I should say job offers is strong. He's going to get interviews, but let's say the chargers bring in Eric Bieniemy. by the way, they interviewed him for the job. Last time they decided not to go with him and how did that work out? But I think the enemy is going to be able to go, look, I got Sam Howell. Who's okay. He's all right. He's average. And he's actually put up pretty good numbers. So is the Washington offense compared to what they've been. But more importantly, I think what Eric B enemy is going to be able to do in his next interview is say, look at the job. I left. Look at the chiefs. Look at the offensive side of the ball. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at the wide receivers. It did not look like that when I was the offense coordinator. And I got to tell you, he'd be right. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily enough for him to get a job, but he'd be right. If in his next interview, Eric Bieniemy says, yeah, here's what I did at my current job. Here's why you should hire me. But look at the job that I left. Look at that offense. Look at that quarterback. They've clearly struggled. Festivus here on 610 Sports Radio. We're airing the grievances. Everybody's getting some, so... The offensive line got a little bit. The wide receivers knew they were getting some. Brett Feach got his. Patrick Mahomes got a little bit. Nagy. Andy. It does feel like the situation the Chiefs have found themselves in where they've got a potential path. I mean, if you if you look at it, we're now a couple of weeks away from the postseason. This is assuming that the Chiefs are going to end up in the playoffs. Does anybody truly believe that the Chiefs are going to be able to navigate this path. Buffalo, Miami, Baltimore. Now, maybe that's not who they're going to play, but for the sake of sports radio conversation, that would be the most difficult road. Is is that the path right now? It would be. Yeah. 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 Not good. Not great. And just think about those young quarterbacks from their perspective. If you're Josh Allen, dude, now's your chance. Of course you've had to do this before, right? You've had to come into arrowhead. You've had to play a playoff game. If everything is true, that the chiefs are as down as the text line and my boy Drew's making it out to be, if you're Josh Allen, you better be licking your lips going. Now's the time to get him. Let's say somehow the chiefs get out of that one on the road against Tua. Same thing Mm -hmm. like Tua. Everybody finally is giving you the respect that you've been talking about the last couple of years. You've earned it. You know, a way to become that guy, beat Patrick Mahomes, take your team to an AFC championship game. And then of course the team that has home field advantage right now, if the season was to end the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar, cool. He's got an MVP. He's going to have another MVP. He's broke every single quarterback rushing record. There is what's the top line on his resume. What's he really doing? Yeah. I mean, am I forgetting a big playoff game that Lamar Jackson won a big moment? Am I for, cause I lost a lot of my memory in college. So maybe I am. Am I forgetting a head to head moment when he beat Patrick Mahomes? No. So all I'm saying is if you're any of these other young quarterbacks, any of those teams that I just mentioned, do it. 
Now's your time. Yeah, this would be the year because the Bengals have been the only team to do it uh, up until this point. And look at how people look at Burrow. Yeah, correct. Yep. Everybody's opinion changes when you even that, that 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 is the thing too. If you win one, obviously is is spectacular, but at least make one. They haven't even made it. I don't even think Lamar Lamar hasn't been to an AFC championship game. None of those guys I just mentioned have. Burrow's hurt. None of them. Trevor Lawrence. Yep, TL has not. None of them. J- Josh Allen was, no. hasn't made one either. No, none of them. That's what I'm saying. Lamar, yep. it's a figment of our imagination. We pretend like it's Patrick Mahomes and all the great young quarterbacks. It's Patrick Mahomes, huge gap, and then all those other young quarterbacks that haven't done anything. Now's their chance. If you weren't with us earlier in the show, I gave the stat. There's only two quarterbacks in the AFC currently starting that have won a Super Bowl as an AFC quarterback. That's Patrick Mahomes. And it's Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. I suppose you could throw Russell Wilson in there, but he's not a starter anymore, so you get my point. None of those young quarterbacks <laughs> have true. done anything. Two hours in the book, two more coming up. Cody and Gold, 610 Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.